But hey, Mama Carson, this is uh, your other son from another mother, Colin Brown, it's saying. Throw her off. <laughs> so much. We've done this twice now, but Andrew keeps deleting it. I'm still going to say it. Um, hey, listen, I'm like the best worker you have that doesn't technically work for you um, and doesn't get paid. And I don't want to get paid, oh to be God. honest, because it's fine. But out of the three of us, including your wonderful son and, well, whatever Andrew is, I show up when I'm supposed to. And today I had to wait about 30 minutes for Andrew to get to the studio for us to record a podcast. I would really love a key so that I could just kind of let myself I live in. really far away. Yeah. And you know what? You still were in Flower Mound before I was. So <laughs> I was in Denton and still got here somehow before you. Oh, yeah, I'll just grab some food, whatever. Takes all the way, like. And that's McDonald's <laughs> fault, not mine. Excuses. I got, I, got it before, I got food while I was on the clock at my other job. You know what, man? <laughs> I was very hungry because I didn't eat at work, Miss Carson. I'm sorry. I know you need us to take lunch, but sorry. That's a shot at her, low key. Huh? I said that was a shot, at her, a low shot key. at her. Just a little bit. She gets mad at us when we don't <laughs> eat lunch. That's good. So, but um, just give me a key, please. Yeah, please. Anyways, <laughs> um, so as you guys heard, Brendan fired me last episode. Uh, I guess he doesn't know the power I have, and now he's fired. So that's another thing and too. I'm here. I'm the one person that hasn't been fired, and I still don't have a damn key. Yeah, well, you're the... <laughs> it's funny. You're the least wanted one. I'm just kidding. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> somehow, I'm still here. I'd be really curious to see what driving with you for a long period of time would be like. Because you, because every time you put on like a music or a song, it's always very calming. It's relaxing. I feel like I fall asleep if like we were driving like an hour to downtown. That's no, just like some of my music. It's not all my music. I pretty much every time you're like, "Hey, let me put on some music. I'm gonna put you on." Dude, I listen to Meek Mill. <laughs> I don't know. I just I haven't seen it. I don't know. You say these things. He's never partied with me like that, I guess. I know. Well, I don't get invited to those parties because, like I said, I'm the most unwanted oh person on the God. pod. So I don't get invited to those things, Andrew. Uh, welcome to the Good Time Sports <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host today, Andrew Maloney, uh, here with Colin Brown. And uh, the aforementioned fired Brendan is not here. Uh, so, yeah, he's gone. But he got fired, and I guess he went to a Stars game. So I guess he's not that torn up about it. Yeah, well, dude, it, some our severance packages are crazy. Like, as much as I don't want to get fired, like, seeing, like, I mean, you go on a trip whenever you get your severance package, he goes to a Stars game, like... I mean, <laughs> I was fired last week, and I was moving. I wouldn't call yeah, that... Yeah, you, you moved into a bigger house. <laughs> What's up with these severance packages, man? <laughs> Jeez. Over hey, here, li like, living paycheck. to pay for college, I'm about dude. to say, yeah, living paycheck to paycheck. These dudes are over here, you know, moving into bigger places, taking trips... Going to stars again. It's just crazy. Well, whatever. You're next, buddy. Your then time. I will, I will eventually. Your yes, time will come. I will. Don't worry. You'll be you'll be more successful than all of us. He's gonna own like a radio station or something one day. Watch. And he's gonna be like, yeah, I just started with these two dumbasses and like a couple mics. That's how I started. They're doing. I don't know what, but don't talk about Kevin and Anthony that way. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Those are nice. Those are my friends. I will not I'm let you talk to them. I'm sending it to them. <laughs> uh, for your information, I was yeah. talking about me and, and Brendan, but <laughs> apparently Colin had a different idea. 
Yeah, I'm defending them. What do you mean? I'm defending my friends. You were taking shots. I wasn't taking it at them, brother. You're the one that brought them into this. I'm defending their honor. Yeah, and by the way, I'm eating McDonald's while we record this because, yeah, I'm hungry. But We're not sponsored Sponsor by us. them. I am about to say, we're not sponsored Sponsor by us them, McDonald's, please. Anyways. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. We're going to get into some sports now. We're about, like, almost five minutes in. We haven't talked so about sports So, we talk about yet. some basketball? Uh, do you want to do some basketball or you want to do some, some NHL? How about some NBA? NBA? All right. How about well, some... Some hoops. Mavericks kind of sucking, but they're, they're they're fine. They're hitting kind of like that, you know, stretch the season right before the All-Star break where teams, I don't want to say they get lackadaisical, but they're just, they're not fully engaged, you know? Like, they're at a point where they're kind of just waiting for that break. You, they, yeah. you see it coming on the horizon. They're so tired. They're I don't, not necessarily mailing it in, but they're not giving it their best. No, yeah, I agree. But also, excuse me. You're really saying I, that a lot. <laughs> I have a theory that two teams from the same city just cannot be good at the same time. Like they cannot, they can be good, but they can't find success at the same time. And so while the Ma- while the Cowboys were in the playoffs, the Mavs kind of went on their little slide, you know, for two weeks. But now that the Cowboys are out, watch. The Mavs are going to go on like a win streak. I mean. It happens every time. I think you were just using that excuse to kind of bring up that up a little bit that no you know, no okay things. it happens to dallas it happens always to dallas. i'm about to say because la went through a period where like the lakers won the dodgers won uh i think there was like another team in the city that did really well it was like either lafc there, that's what it was so it can happen to the cities just maybe not dallas's luck no dallas Sorry. never has that luck um sticking with the basketball because we will be getting into the football part later into the episode fortunately uh mavericks look they're sitting at fifth they're currently a, ga- a half a game, excuse me, ahead of the LA Clippers game and a half behind the New Orleans Pelicans for fourth. So they're sitting roughly where we and you kind of expected they would be. I mean, definitely they can rise up or fall, to be honest, but they're right about what they're sh- they should be. Um, I think they need to make a move. Like, I absolutely fully believe they should make a move. I don't. Here's the thing, what I'll say. Because, okay, look, it goes Go back ahead. to what you said a few weeks ago. Like, would I rather wait and get Bradley Beal? Absolutely. But I really just see us missing. I mean, I, why can't we make a run this year? Like that's fair. And you have an expiring contract on someone. I don't know. I well, here's here's what I'll say. I don't I don't know what move. Realistically, the match could be. I think that they've they've been in a lot of trade talks. I've heard Tim Hardaway Jr.'s name mentioned. I've heard Reggie Bullock's name mentioned as potential guys they could have traded away. I'm not saying a move's not going to happen because it very well could. What I'm saying is, in terms of first round picks, I would be holding on to them for dear life. True. For next season. If True. We just saw with the Lakers today, um, they traded away three seconds in Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura. Um, and they he's going to be. Yeah. Today? Today. Oh, didn't. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Three, uh, three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura. Very solid for the Lakers and I think could potentially help them try to sneak in to the playing game. If the Mavericks want to make a move. That's so funny to say about the Lakers. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> with the talent they have. That's. It is what it is, man. It's the royalty of it. But getting back to your Mavericks point, if they want to make a move like that, which, again, I don't know what kind of caliber player you could get for that, but, you know, just somebody that you think could work better with Luka, maybe, you know, fit the team long-term better, get off an expiring deal, whatever. I think that's a move I could see Dallas making, but I wouldn't, if I'm Dallas, yeah, I'm holding on to all my first-round picks through this season. You have to keep, there's a few players I think are untouchable. Okay. You have to keep Luka. Obviously. Extend Christian Wood. Yes. 
I think Josh Green is budding star. I would really like to keep Josh Green. But he's not untouchable. He's not untouchable. But Luca, Christian Wood, and I'm going to say Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, I feel like, could be tradable. Dinwiddie, I think, is a prime piece. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. Not traded this season, but No, next this year. year. I'm talking about this oh, year. Yeah, this, this year. year. Well, yeah. You have to keep Dinwiddie, Christian Wood, obviously Luca. I would also, I'm just going to say it, throw a small, don't want to trade him, but if you have to, you have to, Jaden Hardy to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, well. I do not want to lose Hardy. So. Whatsoever. But again, I mean, if you're, like I said, Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Davis Bertans off the bench, there's there's some guys that the Mavericks can move. For Maxie sure. has some value. Yeah, I would keep Maxie. I would um, love to keep Maxie. I think Maxie's in the same. Like, I would keep him. Get Dwight Powell the hell out of Dallas. <laughs> I would <clears> keep <throat> him uh, over a lot of guys. I'd, I Honestly, him and Spencer is like a coin flip to me. Yeah, I like agree. Of, of which one I would want to keep more. I agree. But moving on to the rest. So we already kind of talked about the Lakers a little bit. They made that trade that now Andrew's aware of, well aware of. He's been working yeah, hard all day. a pretty nice trade, though. Yeah. and it, it's I have, yeah, I've been very busy. <laughs> it, was, it was something that... I think the trade season is now going to start. Like, that was the first domino that fell, and we're going to see some more. Rui Hachimura, I think, just adds a little bit of flexibility to the Lakers in size that they desperately need. Like, Thomas Bryant's been a really revelation for them. Uh, obviously, with Anthony Davis being hurt, LeBron's at eight in year 20. You can't really expect much from him. Yeah. Rui can kind of help at 6'8". He's not the greatest shooter. I think he's shooting, like, 34% from three, but he's, like, 40% on catch-and-shoot threes. Yeah. So he'll kind of... Inverse himself in the lineup, I think, quickly. Maybe not starting right away, but eventually he'll be... He'll be a good part of the second unit. I think him and LeBron... With Russ leading the floor. Yeah. I think him in the mid-range, too, could create his own bucket. Mm-hmm. He just had 30 points the other night against um, Orlando. That was a really kind of like, oh, okay, this is what Ooh. they saw. Yeah. They saw in the former first uh, number 10. I think it was top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. I think it was 9 or 10, but... He's a baller in college, man. He is. Uh, Golden State continues to kind of sputter. Phoenix and Golden State, two of the West's powerhouses, <clears throat> currently are at 24 and 24 and 23 and 24, respectively. Both are in the play-in game as if or if the playoff play-in game were to start today. The Golden State Warriors, man, their young guys just not have been able to gel. Jordan Poole hasn't taken the step forward like you thought he would. No. James Wiseman's been in, let's just say it, a bust to this point. Yeah. Moses Moody, hardly anything. And, I mean, Kaminga, while he's, I think he's really, you know, potentially one of the great guys, that's all the young guys have been for it's, Golden State. Yeah. Um, potentially rumors that uh, Clay Thompson may be on the move. Draymond Green, again, his deal is not getting any uh, longer. So... If you're Golden State, what is your feeling this morning, in your opinion, Andrew? Dude, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> I'm still feeling kind of nice because we literally just won a championship if I'm a Golden State fan. Right, but, but in terms of the future. But moving forward, like, <laughs> it's it's hard to say, like, it's hard to put myself in those shoes, right? Because right now, you and I, we would kill for as many championships as they've had in the last 100%. six years. Eight years. Eight yeah. years, yeah. Yeah. And so for us, it's just like, well, yeah. it had to happen at some point. But for Warriors fans, you know, you obviously don't see it like that. You want it. You want your team to keep winning. Right. And and this wasn't, they weren't, you could have maybe seen a slight step back. Yeah. But not to this level. Not to this level. No, you just won an NBA championship last year, and you retained almost your entire, not only that, you probably got better a little yeah. bit. The only two people I think really are, 
well, okay, in terms of players, because obviously Steve Kerr I still thinks a pretty damn good coach. Yeah. Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins have been like the two consummate pros yeah. and the consummate what you expect for them. Yeah. On a given night in night out basis, and Curry's obviously dealt with his injury uh, right. injury earlier in the season. I think Golden State still has a chance to potentially rise up the rankings. I mean, they're only a game and a half back of Dallas in fifth. We're we're not even to the All Star break. Hundred percent. Like, it could be one of those things that are later in the season, guys get more comfortable with defensive rotations. Post All Star break, yeah, runs happen every single year. Mm-hmm. It kind of happened to the Warriors last year, right? I mean, they weren't sitting up at the top of the standings the whole entire year. Right. So <clears throat> there are just one last thing though, six and 18 on the road. Oh yeah. That That's happen. what I've noted. Yeah. You have to win on the road. Like it's, especially if you're a lower seed going into the playoffs, that road record is not going to be your friend at all moving forward. But it's, it's interesting to see uh, if I'm a Warriors fan, honestly, like, Suck it up. Yeah. It it had to happen at some point, right? You can't maintain greatness forever. Like, look at what happened to the Bulls. Yeah, it does happen eventually. It does. It happens to happen to the Lakers. It happened. I mean, Jesus, they had... Miami Heat eventually. Yeah, the Heat. Like, the Mavs were just now rebuilding after... uh, 2011. The 2011 season. That's fair. It happens. It does. Uh, just recapping the top of the West, Denver Nuggets sit at the top spot, followed behind the Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Shout out Sacramento Kings. Like, it's one thing to, like, break a drought. It's another thing to absolutely crush it. Oh, just destroy it. They're number three right now. In the yeah. West. That's incredible. The Kings are falling. Yeah. Now, they are four and a half games back of the Grizzlies, who them and the Nuggets seem to really separate themselves. As we're starting, the to, we're starting to see it a little bit. Yeah. Because we, we talked about it all pretty much ever since this podcast started, how congested the West is. Yeah. Now it seems like those teams are really pulling away. They are. They are. Over on the East side, though, where Boston, Boston's Boston. Celtics are still balling, man. They're hungry. Yeah. They're ready to prove that last year was, A, wasn't a fluke, B, that they're ready for the moment, and C, that, you know, it doesn't matter who's really leading this team. Which I, I don't want to say that because the assistant head coach that took over for Udoka has been phenomenal, I think, situationally this year. But I mean, they currently hold the longest or the largest win streak in the NBA right now at nine straight wins. Boston should be the favorite to be the NBA champion right now. Absolutely. I fully agree. And they handled business against the Warriors just the other night. Yeah. Because they, well, they lost against them, what was it, earlier in the season, like before Christmas. Yeah. And, yeah, no, they, they, they definitely remembered that one. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere, the Philadelphia 76ers set at the two seed, followed by the Milwaukee Bucks. The Brooklyn Nets hanging in there without no KD. Obviously, you know, they can't do anything about that injury. But they round out the ter- top four. Cleveland, since Brendan's not here, uh, at fifth. Miami Heat at sixth. Shout out to the Miami Heat for clawing their way back all the way up to sixth. I mean, Eric Spolstra, that championship DNA still runs deep in Miami. Oh, my God. Spolstra is such a good coach. Air, uh, New York Knicks, seventh. Atlanta Hawks, eighth. Indiana Pacers fall the way down to ninth. And the Chicago Bulls sit at the currently the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. Outside of the Celtics just being, you know, what we've said pretty much all year that they've been, what is your biggest takeaway from the Eastern Conference, Andrew? <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> I mean, the Nets finding their footing again, it's big. 
kind of finally figuring out who they are as a team and being able to win without KD too. It's huge. It's huge. Um, obviously, Kyrie is a key piece to this team. Um, and he's been balling lately these last few nights. Um, so having just knowing that, you know, you're going to have Kyrie every game now um, and being able to work around that really has, I think, taken the Nets to the level that they should have been. I wanted to say another level, but no, this is the level we expected them to be at originally. So I think I think the Nets, the Nets are my biggest takeaway. Yeah, shout out to Coach Jacques Vaughn for the culture that he's really set in such a short time there. Definitely deserves a head coaching, full, not just interim, like a full head coaching yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, clearly <laughs> he's doing something right. Elsewhere, I mean, Giannis is still Giannis. The Bucks are just kind of hanging around. I think it'll be really interesting because I give respect to Miami for what they've crawled back to. Cleveland... I think he's had a really phenomenal year defensively, especially with those two seven-footers clogging up the paint. I'm really looking for the Philadelphia 76ers this year. Same. James Harden took a pay cut. Yep. They added all those key role pieces. Yep. Joel Embiid seems to knock it on wood for those who are listening. Uh, seems to, you know, kind of steady himself out in terms of his health. I, Daryl Morey, you know, obviously didn't win a championship, got very close with Houston. But he's kind of reinvented himself here in Philadelphia. He's kind of, you know, brought some of the, some familiar faces, but also, you know, tried to inject his mindset into this team. And while they may not be on the quiet level as Boston, if they go into a seven-game series, it's definitely going at least six. Yeah. But this is the year that if you want to make a run and you want to really prove to the world about Daryl Morey and his system and James Harden and Joel Embiid, it's this year. Absolutely. So, I'm very interested to see. They currently hold a five-game win streak. The East is starting to look more like what we would expect the East to look like, though. Right. The top four teams being who they are. Exactly. So. I'm still not ruling out Milwaukee, either. I'm not ruling out Milwaukee. Um, I'm not ruling out Cleveland. Cleveland. I'm not ruling out. Honestly, I'm not even ruling out the Pacers. I would. They're a little young. They're young, but they can... They can win a series that would knock out one of the top four. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far yet, but we'll wait and see. I think one. Yeah, just one, because here's the thing. They're not going to go to the conference they're, finals. Well, I know, but they're currently <laughs> ninth. And as my other head <laughs> comes on, they're currently ninth, which means they play Boston first round. Are you picking True. them against Boston? No. Or would you pick them against Philly? No. Would you pick them against Milwaukee? No, you wouldn't. Giannis would, and I love Tyrese Halliburton. Giannis on Halliburton is not fair. <laughs> and a healthy KD in Brooklyn, that would be your closest one. And even then, give me Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So, elsewhere, though, anything else in the association before we switch it over to, well, your favorite sport? The ice. The ice. The ice. Let's kick it over. Pitter patter, boys. Let's get at her. Stars good. Tarps off, boys. Sniper <laughs> Sally's boys. Sweet Snipes, boys. Such a great show. Dude, the stars are first in the West. They are. 
over the they Golden are Knights. The best in the West over the Knights, over the Jets, tied with the Jets technically, but they hold the tiebreakers. So they currently sit atop. How does it feel uh, just having? Because you said, I mean, you're like Dallas can't have all these stars. Stars doing it. Stars are doing it, and they've been doing it. <clears throat> yep. So, what concerns you? I'll ask you this from an outsider's perspective. What concerns you most about, and I, I, we're projecting here, right? Because, right. again, we haven't even reached the hockey all-star game. Right. What concerns you about a potential matchup with Winnipeg, in your opinion? Dramatic pause again. Matchup win. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, if in a potential seven-game series in hockey, mm-hmm. Stars versus Winnipeg, Yeah, you're looking at it, and you're a Dallas supporter, you're sitting over there. You're looking at Winnipeg. What concerns you the most? I got about you. Potentially going. That's that's again. It was kind of a weirdly phrased question. But. I got you. I got you. Um, Winnipeg. What concerns me the most is that they have a coach that knows our system, or our not our system, but knows our players better than anyone else will. Mm-hmm. He was literally our coach last year. There you go. With all these same players, having that type of knowledge on what a player's weaknesses, on what a player's strengths are. And I mean, you can go player by player, matchup by matchup, and know exactly what to look for when you're facing off against somebody. That's always scary, in my opinion. Um, the thing about Winnipeg is, going back to it, these players also know how Rick Bonus coaches. So it kind of just offsets itself a bit. But, I mean, if there really is something that, you know, does scare me the most about phasing off against Winnipeg, it's just the fact that it's a bonus. So familiarity there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, us, we have the second highest goal differential in the league. So our defense is coming into its own. We had... Three straight shutouts. I'll last du- week? I'll double check that while you're. I talking. think it was three out of four. Yeah, you had one loss against the Sharks. Okay, yeah. So we had three out of four shutouts. So your defense is clearly finding its footing. Uh, your goaltending is kind of coming into itself again too. Uh, things are settling down, and yeah, we're getting to that point in the season where the All Star break is coming up. You know, people are ready for a break, but. I think this is also a time where teams and players kind of solidify themselves um, because momentum is huge. And if you can go into the all-star break with momentum and come out of it, sustaining that same momentum, I fully believe that you're, you're set for success for the rest of the season. But if you're losing that momentum, you go into the all-star break, your momentum is gone. You take a long break, you come back, you're kind of having to refine your footing. It's a little bit harder than if you kind of ended on high. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think the stars are kind of figuring things out. And it makes me it makes me happy to see. Like versus like we were talking with the Mavs, that kind of stresses me out a bit because we are going into the all-star break. Yes, players are tired, players are ready for their breaks, but how they've handled themselves so far. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. it's how if other teams are feeling, you know, ready for a break and ready to take a rest, wouldn't that be the best opportunity to play your best game and jump and take those opportunities and 
move up the standings a bit. Like, I I don't see why that's an issue or why it would be a problem. So, it's a fair point. Moving elsewhere into the Western Conference, Andrew mentioned that the Stars are on top of the entire Western Conference, and that includes the Pacific Division, where the Vegas Golden Knights do hold a one-point advantage over my Seattle Kraken, 60-59 to points, and the LA Kings not far behind at 58, and the Edmonton Oilers, who are currently on a six-game win streak. That is the longest in the NHL as the, at the time of recording this, at 57 points. The Pacific is currently becoming arguably the closest division in the NHL. Yeah, Metropolitan would probably have something to say about that. But, Andrew, from a distance, I've kind of noticed the Kraken. They're showing a lot of signs of a young team. They currently have... They are very young. (laughs) I mean, literally young. The team is young. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They currently hold the best goal differential tied with Edmonton, ironically, in the division. And while youth can have its benefits in the regular season, I know just from my history as a sports fan that when it comes to the postseason and later in the season, experience is really something you lean on. And while there are a few players for Seattle that have been in those moments, overall this team just doesn't have the chemistry that you can really lean on when getting into those bigger matchups. So for my Seattle Kraken, what would you say for us fans in terms of looking forward to the playoffs? And again, we haven't even made the all-star break, so I know this is early. But what would you say to a team like this that's really young, up-and-coming, what should the expectations be? You have to remember <clears throat> that while the Kraken are young, like literally the team itself is only two years old. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that your guys are young either. Right. Because expansion drafts allow you to draft from anyone. And most teams want to keep their young talent. So you do have a lot of vets. Now I will say this with vets it might be a little bit tougher to get them to, to mesh because it's, it's like the old say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Right. Right. And especially if you're taking someone away from a team who maybe didn't want to leave the team uh, on an expansion draft, like it, it, it's going to get, it's going to be tough for them to mesh, but they do have that experience. I don't think the Kraken are inexperienced as, individual players obviously as a franchise absolutely they're only two years old i'll say it again but you also had the vegas golden knights go to a stanley cup their very first year so i don't i don't see a reason why seattle shouldn't be able to make a run especially if they're competing at the highest level and i mean you're beating the most experienced teams in hockey too you're beating the oilers you're beating the kings you're beating the Canucks. You're beating the Ducks. So, why not the Kraken? Why not? Why not the Kraken? Why not? Exactly. I like it. That makes me... That actually does comfort me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see... I I mean, it's really cool to see that the two youngest teams in the NHL right now are one and two in their division. That's really fun to see. It's really cool. But, yeah. Why not you? Why not? Why not Seattle? Why not? Yeah, definitely going to be keeping an eye on a Pacific Division. Really, the whole Western Conference says, you know, we got a lot of Western representation. Yeah, we know who's coming out of the East. (laughs) That would happen to be, well, the most favorite at this point, the Boston Bruins currently have 78 points in the season, lead the entire NHL. Uh, They also have an 81 goal differential. 
Insane. A plus 81 goal differential. Next highest is plus 43. Is they still have not lost double-digit games. Yep. And they've played 46 games. Yep. They've played more than half their season. Yep. Yep. Insane. <laughs> like, what? That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that home record, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, good Lord. Like, yeah. Like, I know the garden's crazy, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's just a team that legitimately, they really do look unstoppable. Yeah, they really do. I just, I, I haven't, I haven't watched their whole season, but from the games that I've caught, you know how you can just instantly, even if you're not like so knowledgeable at something, anybody can really spot the great and the ugly. It's, it's the, you know, the true diehards that spot the difference between good, very good, average, below average, et cetera. Um, Boston, Boston to me, I don't even have to really know hockey. And I know this team does hockey at a different level. And it's insane. It's, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling how good this team is. It really, this, this could very well end up being one of like the best teams of all time, but obviously it's early in the season. Maybe they fall apart. Maybe they lose in the Stanley Cup. But I think, in my opinion, to be the best team of all time, you have to win the Stanley Cup. You have to win the championship in whatever sport you're in. That's why, I mean, Tom Brady's uh, Pats, although one of the best teams of all time, isn't the best team of all time, just because he lost it when it mattered most. <laughs> Had to get a Tom Brady shot in there. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's But I'm just saying, like, they're on track. They're on track. They can get there and they can do it. A team with an 81 goal differential is ridiculous. It means your defense is clicking on all cylinders. Your offense is clicking on all cylinders. Your goaltending is impeccable. You don't need anything. It's literally the three yeah. facets of the no, game. No, I just there's no point to even. And count. they're huge and yeah. they're strong yep. and they are one of the scariest and toughest teams too, yep. which you genuinely could like this team could not have been built built better. This team is going, I'm going to call it now, is going to end up better than the Tampa Bay Lightning team who lost in the first round. To kind of add to that, I didn't think this would ever be possible in hockey. There might be a team that allows 200 goals in the season before the Boston Bruins allow 100. The Anaheim Ducks currently have allowed 199 goals. Yeah. Boston's allowed 96. Yep. That's unheard of. That's ridiculous. That is insane. It's, it, that's what I'm telling you. This team is so freaking good. It's insane. Is what it is. But regular season does not win championships. It's true. And, but it's something to just keep monitoring. And obviously the pressure mounts, but so far Boston's crushing it. So we got to give them credit. Toronto Maple Leafs are following up in that division. Probably it just still feels so weird to be second in that division. It's almost like they would be first in a lot of <laughs> other divisions or even competing. Yeah. But they're sitting at 64 points. Tampa Bay Lightning, as previously mentioned by Andrew, is sitting at third at 59 points. Moving on to the final division, though, is the Metropolitan, where we have the Carolina Hurricanes leading that one over the New Jersey Devils. Oh, the Canes would be good. 66 to 64. And the New York Rangers and Washington Capitals round out the top four. You mentioned it, Andrew. You did call this one. Carolina's looking to really just kind of seem into form right at the perfect time. The Devils are still there, though, so it's still going to make it tough. Devils are so good, too. The Carolina Hurricanes are leading the Metropolitan Division. Insane. It's awesome. It is. 
Hockey's fun this year. Hockey's really cool. It's fun every year. Do you think, let me ask you this. So we just kind of went through all of them. Which team gives the best competition to Boston in the East? <laughs> I, I know what I'm saying, but like, if because you you said it, they have to do it in the postseason. It's going to be a team with postseason pedigree, postseason success, and there's one team that does come to mind. As much as I hate to say it, it's Tampa the Tampa Bay. Bay Lightning. Yeah, that could be it. It's Tampa Bay, and they could be. That's good. That could be a potential what like second round matchup or something. Yeah. It could be an anything matchup at this that's point. True. I mean, it's to be fair with how condensed the standings are at this yeah. point. Well, I think if anyone can knock off Boston, it's Tampa Bay. Fair enough. Because they still have a very solid core. You still have Stamkos. You still have Vasilevsky. And these are all guys who have been there before. Mm -hmm. Multiple times you've won it back-to-back. Like, I think it can be Tampa Bay. Fair enough. Anything else you want to like to add? Or should we get to the... I think that's it for the ice, partner. Let's head back to the hardwood this time for college sports when we come back. Very relaxing. I'm about to say, I'm about to fall asleep, like in a good way. Just chilling, man. You just. It's a chill podcast. I know. Very chill. I feel like I'm talking too loud. <laughs> Colin, wake up. I know, right? Uh, yeah, college basketball. It's really heating up. Uh, I hate my college basketball life right now. <laughs> So much. Why is that, Andrew? Uh, because my team hasn't won a damn conference game. Shocking. Like you said, you know, just teams got to come down at some point. And no, know? and you know what? <laughs> the amount of times I've said that this year, <laughs> trying to make myself feel better. I agree, man. Thanks for, thanks for validating. Just, you, no problem, man. I we're, got your back. Hey, we're young. We're young, yeah. Oh, yeah, what are, what, are, what are all the excuses? Yeah. We're really young, a bunch yep. of freshmen. Yeah. Uh, transfers, a yep. bunch of young transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had a really great run the last few years. You know, you have to rebuild at some point. One bad year is not going to destroy a program. Mm-hmm. You know, there we go. Yeah, yeah there you through. go. There Running you through. go. <clears throat> Got that out of the way. We don't have to talk about Texas Tech again. <laughs> but, <clears throat> no, I will say this about Texas Tech. Go ahead. We've lost, out of our seven conference losses, ow. Um, that hurt. We might be 0-8 now, actually. Let me look that up. Um yeah, you don't have to. I but. mean, no, I, I I, just feel like for the audience. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. we're 0-7 or 0-8 at this point in conference play, and conference. which is crazy because we're still 10 and whatever, but Let's see, Texas I, think we're 0, I think we're 0-7. 10 and 9. Ugh. Oh, we might. No, yeah, yeah, we're 0-7. 0-7, yeah. yeah, with the next game against West Virginia. Of those seven losses, five of them came down to the last 30 seconds of the game. So, clearly, and and every single one of them, we held a double-digit lead at some point. So, clearly, you have the, the ability to compete, but at some point, it's falling apart. It is. And it, it happens, and it's okay, and that's maybe where the inexperience comes in. But, Okay. It is okay. But can I can I maybe talk about something that will brighten your spirits? Sure. This might be the year of Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, who just beat us. 
<laughs> Sorry. That did, for no, to- it's okay. I totally just blanked on the fact that, that I just looked at the schedule and saw that too. It just made me, re- <laughs> it reminded me of Kansas State. <laughs> Sorry no, about that. Kansas, Kansas State is really competing well. Um, that kind of plays into something else I want to talk about. Go but for it. Um, no, I want to talk about Kansas State first, though. Okay. This really might be the year of Kansas State because they. They're firing on all cylinders. They have great transfer talent. Jerome Tang is an incredible head coach um, who is actually my second choice behind Mark Adams. Maybe it would have worked out, maybe not. (laughs) But um, they, they just have it all right now. I mean, you just won a Big 12 championship. Granted, you went and got blown out by Bama in... The sugar, the bowl. sugar bowl, yeah. But um, we don't need to bring that part up. No, you just won a Big Twelve championship. You know, you what? won your conference. Yep, huge, huge. But um, <laughs> Andrew just has these random moments where I just I don't I don't see it coming ever, and he just pulls stuff like that out of the hat. But let's regain composure Anyways, right here yeah, yep. yeah let's we have a podcast to record shut up andrew um <laughs> stupid 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 <laughs> he um, just actually hit himself <laughs> <laughs> why do i root for texas tech <laughs> why do i root for all these teams that break my I heart hate the cowboys <laughs> ah! <laughs> i'm tired of it you know what no, i'm done <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I'm so... I'm doing it now. I'm tired of the Dallas Cowboys. I hate them. I, I'm i 25 years old. I'm 25! Save it, save it, save it. Save it, save it, save it. We're going to need that later. Oh, God. Oh, this went off the rails for a second. Okay. Okay, um... Go go on. Yeah, Kansas State. They're uh, really competitive. They compete. Jesus, come on, man! I know. Just try. Just got deep breaths. They they they're competing with the best in the country. Uh, They just knocked off Kansas. Yep, which obviously is huge. Step one. Yep, in being good in uh, college basketball, Um, knocking off the reigning champions who went and got better this offseason somehow. So it's it's one of those things that. They're kind of checking all the boxes. Obviously, there's a lot more boxes left to check, but they're on the way. You know who else is on the way? TCU. Yeah. Really, all of the Big 12 is on the way, but literally the entire Big 12. <laughs> like, I think, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Let me tell you something. Five in the top 12? Texas Tech, we just talked about how we just <laughs> lost a can. No, no, no. This is, Go we're ahead. talking about the Big 12. Go ahead. Texas Tech, who we just talked about. Um, being dead last in the Big 12, mm-hmm. has not won a single conference game. Mm-hmm. You want to know what the spread was before the Kansas State game, where Kansas State was playing at home? Can I? Okay, so can I guess this? Guess the spread. I'll go minus six and a half Kansas State. Minus three Kansas State. Wow. Okay. For all, that. the number 14 ranked Wildcats at home against the dead last team in the Big 12. I guess the team or Vegas hasn't really valued Kansas State yet. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> not your point at all, but no, that's just what I took. Or it. they know that the Big 12 is just incredibly like talented. Yeah. 
It's really insane. But nonetheless, um, Kansas State, TCU, uh, I think they're going to be the ones fighting for the title this year, for the Big 12 title. Over Kansas, Texas, and potentially Iowa State. Iowa State's really good this year, too. It's going to be those three. Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, I think those are going to be one, two, and three in the Big 12 this year. Okay. You have them on record, folks. You have me on record. <laughs> I can't tell you exactly how it's going to finish because the Big 12 is ridiculous. But K-State, TCU, Iowa State. Iowa State, one through three. Shout out the, uh, the middle of the country there. I was going to say Midwest, but TCU's obviously not in the Midwest. But they, They're literally so irrelevant, it's insane. <laughs> Might as well be. Jesus. But... It, it just that's just how good the Big Twelve is. It could be anyone this year, not Texas Tech, but um, yeah. And Kansas, two straight losses for the first time in I think like twelve years, two straight home losses. Sorry. Yes, I think you're so, right. I think I saw that on Sports Center, which something. is wild. Yeah, the reigning national champions yes. losing in Allen Fieldhouse not once but twice in a row. Very much so. Moving on over to... Bill Self on the hot seat? No. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Purdue leads the current country as the number one top spot. The current country is the country the, change? The, con- the current country of college basketball, yes. We, we, hey, we don't know what's going to happen a few years from now. <laughs> Just saying. Purdue currently sits at the top spot in the country at number one, followed by Alabama at two, Houston at three, Tennessee at four, Andrews whatever you want to call them, Kansas State Wildcats. At number five, Arizona six, Virginia seven, UCLA eight, Kansas nine, and Texas rounds out the top ten. And then right behind them, TCU and, and, and Iowa State. State. Just for the record, yeah. We'll get, we'll give them a top 12 for the Big 12. That's so crazy, dude. It's jam-packed. Uh, just kind of wanted to talk here a little bit uh, about the Houston Cougars. They did recently fall to Temple, 56 to 55, and an absolute heartbreaker. To me, this just seemed like a team that overlooked... Uh, it's just college basketball. It is. But it's just any given night, a team can beat another team. And this doesn't really change my viewpoints on Houston at all. I just know that you know certain people are going to be like, oh, you know, is Houston... No, it's... Gonzaga it just lost. Exactly. Like nobody. Yeah. They do it every year yeah. and end up in like the Elite Eight. Yeah, it's true. They don't go farther than that. Never have, actually. Gonzaga? They literally were just... Oh, yeah, they were the Natty. Duh. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Sorry, never won a Natty. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Um, Tennessee, another team that did well in football, doing well on the hardwood as well. They currently sit at four. I think Tennessee's the new power, along with Alabama in the SEC. Uh, Kentucky... Which is so stupid. <laughs> Give someone else a chance. Yeah. Also, also though, kind of screw Kentucky. I'm, I'm done with them right now. Yeah. I'm so, so you know on uh, ESPN's bracketology, they're listed if the bracket were to come out today, which obviously doesn't come out until later, later, but March, yeah, <laughs> Kentucky would be predicted to be the first team voted out. Good, yeah, I think Coach Calipari needs to if Kentucky somehow doesn't have the guts to fire him, needs to resign and needs to reevaluate himself and what he's getting paid to do at the University of Kentucky. What if okay. we had a March Madness that had no Duke, no Kentucky, no North Carolina, no Kentucky, no Nova? 
Uh, I'll say this. Uh, in terms of team, because that's technic- technically, I guess, if you want to count it, I don't think it's really technically possible, but theoretically it could happen. I would say I have strongest convictions that North Carolina would be the one to break that trend. Yeah. Because I just, uh, to me, Duke's been this weird team that I just haven't been able to get around all year. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least with North Carolina, there's still some remembrance of the team from last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Nova just hasn't looked great. Um, mm-hmm. Kentucky's Kentucky. I mean, I, man, uh, Cal needs to go. Cal just needs to take a year off, go to Thailand, you know, where all the other coaches are going apparently whenever they get their severance packages <laughs> and just take a minute. Because to be honest, man, like, I'm I'm tired of it. Like Coach Cal gets talked about with all these greats in college basketball. No, congratulations, you brought all these dudes to Lexington, Kentucky, or you know wherever they are, and but you have to win championships. Exactly with all that talent, man. Like it's just so far you've won one, one. Like Nick Saban, yeah, did a great job recruiting. He has arguably seven. one of the best teams in like college and, basketball history. And I don't want to compare because it's one and done, and you know they have to go through a whole tournament. Whereas football, you know, you just have to do, you know. The one game or now the playoff, but but Bill Self's done it. Yeah, uh, Roy Williams has done it. Jay Williams. Jay Williams has done it. Yeah, or Jay Wright. Jay Wright. Jay yeah, Wright. Done. I don't. I don't know why it's Jay Williams. <laughs> uh, Jay Wright. Shashevsky's done it. Yep, with less. With less. And it's just yeah. I I'm tired of holding Calipari to the same. I would have really loved to see Tom Izzo's record with that amount of talent. You know, I Mark think, Adams to a certain extent. I think Tom Izzo is just. A better coach. Yeah. Than Cal. I, I agree. fully agree. I I love Tom Izzo. Yeah. And it's just I, I just I can't get behind uh Cal anymore. No. I mean honestly, I would I would love to see what Shashevsky could have done with all the talent Calipari's had. Yeah. With those same teams that Calipari's had. Jay Wright might have created a dynasty with that amount of talent. Any of the best coaches in the country. There's a number of coaches I would take over John Calipari right now. A a decent number. Yeah. I'd take Kelvin Sampson over Calipari. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, I'd take Jerome honest. Tang over Calipari. Yep. I'd uh, take Mark Adams over Calipari. Coach for Arizona. Um, I'm blanking on his name. He's done a phenomenal job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Let me see if I can look this up here. Uh, No, yeah, it's just... it's. It's insane. Like he, I take Nate Oates over Calipari. Nate is that his name? Bama. Bama. Okay, that's Bama. Yep, Nate Oates. Uh, Hell, I take Jamie Dixon over Calipari. Oh my gosh, Tom Lloyd. There we go. Tom Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, Tommy Lloyd. Uh, yeah, I would take him, like over. Calipari. Oh, uh, I would take uh, the Providence head coach. Yes, the Friars. Yes, yes. So I wanted to say that shout out. This is the year of the mid majors, man. Yes. They are living up, man. The mid-majors are balling out this year. I mean, starting with Xavier, which, I mean, that's Big East and college basketball. It's really not mm-hmm. that mid-major. But right. Gonzaga, I guess, is technically a mid-major. Mm-hmm. Marquette, Charleston, Connecticut, uh, FAU, St. Mary's, Providence, New Mexico. Yep. Damn it. FAU, by the way. Damn FAU. Damn FAU. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. They're... They're they're looking really good. College basketball is a lot of fun this they're year. Really good. Um, and eighteen game win streak. Yeah, yeah, sucks. Yeah, sucks. They lost their first game. and We're like, yep, yeah, not not again. Yeah. 
second game, but yeah. But co- college college basketball really is one of those things that it's so unpredictable mm-hmm. every single year. Yeah. As predictable as it may seem with the winners that, you know, always end up at the end of the tournament. I think we're in an era where you really just don't know right now. I mean, look at the teams that are sitting in the top 10. Yeah. Of these teams, you've had Virginia, who won in 2019. Yep. You have Kansas, who won last last year. year. Yep. I think UCLA made like a Final Four uh, whenever Gonzaga went all the way. Yeah. The Arizona, I know, has been a really talented team, but I don't know if they've ever really gotten nope. too far. They went to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Houston's always... Year. Houston is competitive. I'm trying to remember... Houston's they, competitive every year. Well, I'm saying, like, the furthest they've gone in recent memory, I think, is, like, maybe the Elite Eight. But in recent, mem- that's what I'm in recent memory, yeah. in our modern era of the Blue Bloods running... College basketball. College basketball, it's the New Bloods that are taking over. It's a beautiful thing to see. It is. It's a lot of fun. I mean, hell, Texas has never won a national championship in basketball, and they could very well win one. Yep. Even with all the adversity that they face this year, which is insane. Same with Alabama. Same with Alabama. Yeah. It's college basketball. I'm telling y'all, if you don't watch college basketball, I don't think there is another sport with more heart and passion than college basketball because genuinely in college basketball anyone can win any game any given day i think we see it every single day with mid-majors who are 20 and 0 who beat three ranked teams in a season and they lose to the last ranked team in their little whatever conference unless you're kentucky (laughs) unless you're kentucky (laughs) unless you're kentucky had to get one last shot in there yeah why not they kind of deserve it (laughs) Anything else before we switch gears here? Where are we going next? So the world of the NFL. We'll go in chronological order, so we'll save the best for last, maybe. Okay. Let's get it. Okay. I did that one on purpose. I was about to say, I knew you were... Switched it up. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me let me try to wake up here because it's football. It's playoff football. Yeah. And the Jacksonville Jaguars ultimately fell short in Kansas City, 27 to 20. Trevor Lawrence in his second ever playoff game, I'm not gonna lie, played well. Like his numbers really don't do him justice. He was no. 24 of 39, 217 touchdown. He really is the reason like they were in that game. 100 percent um Travis Etienne added a touchdown on the ground Christian Kirk battled through injuries in this one but ultimately the biggest story and the biggest headline coming out of this one is Patrick Mahomes's health uh I believe it was the second or third drive of the game uh Arden Key a defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars rolled up on Patrick Mahomes's ankle he has officially been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain uh probably got some uh some uh pharmaceuticals at halftime and probably will be getting some pharmaceuticals for the rest of this postseason but he did come out and gut it out uh, to finish to the game. Shatter that thing. Yeah, for him not to play. Um, Chad Henney, arguably one of the more underrated backups <clears throat> in the league. Yep. Came in and led a 98 yard drive yep. to help s- secure 
the lead for Kansas City and the momentum because Jacksonville could have easily flipped the game there on its head. Easy. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh-round rookie, stepping up, 12 carries, 95 yards, leading the way for the Kansas City rushing attack. They had 144 yards on the day. They're going to have no easy task next week, but they were able to get the job done this week. Andrew, what were your biggest takeaways? Um, Kansas City is just so well-coached. I, I think Andy Reid has mastered having a system for whoever is in the game. doesn't matter who. Because this system, as much as it's around Pat Mahomes, dude, Chad Henney came in there and he played lights out. Yeah. He really just, there was not a skipped beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how hard it is to come in and drive 98 yards yeah. in the playoffs? And you haven't played, like, at all all year? Against that defense, too. Yeah, a solid Jacksonville defense. Yeah. That's not easy stuff to do. I mean, so... Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a game changer, no matter how good a team is. He just elevates any team to a whole new level. And his health is huge here. And if he can play, which he's going to, I'll tell you right now, he's going to. But I just, I, I just don't, no matter what, I don't think you can count out Kansas City. No, you can't. I think that's what they proved to us. Their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game is going to be held in Arrowhead. Um, this is something that, to your point, Andrew, I want to bring up. Andy Reid is arguably the best coach in the NFL right now. With Undoubtedly. The transition the NFL has taken over the last decade or so, with you know how much they protect the quarterback, how much offensive players are getting protected. Andy Reid, you could argue, is the best offensive mind in the game. And with so much value now on the offensive side of the football, you can make the argument that he's the best coach in the game. And when you have arguably the best coach, you have the best quarterback. And well, best let's, player in general. Yeah, best player in the NFL. Not to mention, it doesn't hurt to have the best tight end who went for 14 and 98 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that... I know Cincinnati, which we'll be talking about here in a second, is no walk in the park. But as long as you have 15 out there, you got 87, you got big red, you got to like your chances. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Moving on to the other game that occurred Saturday. The the Philadelphia Eagles, in the largest blowout of the weekend, knocked off the New York Giants 38-7. Jalen Hurts, the Eagles said, what, Rust? Came out. Russ. (laughs) 16 to 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns. He also added a touchdown on the ground. Kenneth Gainwell. Shout out to Kenneth Gainwell. 12 for a 112 and a tutty. I do think Jalen playing the season finale against New York was was huge for him. Huge. No matter how ready or not he was to be back, he looked fine. Yeah. But regardless, I think that's massive. Because then you're only on a week of rest versus, what would have been? Three, like three, four, three or four weeks. Yeah. So. I agree. I think that's huge for Jalen Hurts. Uh, it helped him just kind of come right back. And he he played, a, he played a perfect game. Yeah. I think I want to give credit to somebody who we necessarily haven't given the most credit to, but I think deserves it, uh, is head coach Sirianni. Yeah. 
he's done a great job of executing his team's strengths, getting his players in position to make the most out of their own ability. And I think in this one, I mean, Dallas Goddard was used to perfection this one. New York had no answer for him. Devonta Smith, I mean, if you're going to focus your attention on A.J. Brown, he's a very capable receiver in his own right. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you already know the rushing attack is what establishes this team. And if you're able to run the ball, if you're Philly, I mean, it just opens up everything else in the passing game. And it helps having uh, a Miles Sanders, a Gainwell, and a Hurts. Like, yeah. I mean, it also... Any one of those guys can go off for 75 yards in a game. The defense also added five sacks in this one, uh, including a sack and a half by Hassan Reddick, who's been a revelation ever since he came over to Philly. We could glorify this all day. I want to slightly talk over to the New York Giants, though. Same. Because they've got some decisions to be made this offseason. A lot of impending free agents, but arguably none bigger than... Well, I'll, I'll throw Saquon's name in there, too. But Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Two guys that they invested very high overall draft picks in that were a big part of the team's success this season. Yep. But throughout their careers, whether it's injury or lack of elite play, have had some question marks about them. If you're the New York Giants, what direction do you potentially look to go into this offseason? I hate to say this because Saquon is so good. He really is. You're letting him walk. If you're New York and you think Daniel Jones is your guy, which after the season he's had, I don't see why you wouldn't. Running backs are very cheap right now. Very. So if you need to protect the quarterback and you need to keep your your guy under center, you're going to have to go with Daniel Jones. Because there's so much running back talent like around the league and that comes into the league every single how many straight seasons has it been that there's third a third to six round running back who just steals a starting spot. We just talked about Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. He was a seventh rounder. Yeah. <laughs> every single year. Right. So if you can hit on a running back in the draft or you can go get one cheap. Yeah. I think it's it's very easy to get eighty percent of Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Very easy. Which easy. it's not, and to be honest, maybe a healthier, reliable option. Yeah. Um I'll I'll slightly differ in this aspect. I think if I'm able to chain both on a team friendlier deal, I would bring back both of them. Oh, no. Yeah, I think that's the best option. Right, but if they're commanding if X they're amount of money. demanding the money, which if you're Saquon, I be, mean. To be honest, like, I wouldn't mind moving on from Daniel. Because Daniel Wallace. I, would, I wouldn't either. I, I could fully understand why people would want to move on from Daniel are Jones. You, let me ask you this. Are you paying Daniel Jones 40? No. Or more? No. Would you be comfortable paying him 35? I think you'd have to. I don't. I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't. I think you'd have to. I to With me the quarterback market how it is right now. So you're sitting there. So let me do the math real quick. So four years, thirty five. That's uh, one forty. Yeah. I'm. That's a mistake in my opinion. That to me, like you're looking at that, and I understand the Brian Dayball factor there. You know, he didn't have the greatest weapons. Sure. To me, Daniel Jones cannot be the guy that you're heavily invested in. I mean, if you're if you're just ready to let them both walk, and then well, then that's, go pay Lamar forty. I mean, hey, sure. It's 
I'm not saying get Lamar because I don't think the Giants really have the flexibility to go get Lamar. No. But I also just don't think that I'd rather, to me, I'd rather have a guy that I could get cheaper. That's again, most of Daniel Jones, if not all of them or more at a better price. Like to me, you're asking me, do you want Derek Carr? Or do you want Daniel Jones? I'm still slightly leaning Derek Carr's way, but it's arguable, but I think you can get Derek Carr on a discount more than Daniel I just, Jones I understand that. I get that. And I get where you're coming from. Because the second, here's the thing. The but second, I think that I think youth is so important. The second you pay him though, the youth part doesn't really look as good. True. Because the second you pay Daniel Jones the money, which to be honest, New York messed up because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Yeah. The second you pay Daniel Jones thirty five or more, I just the expectations expectations change. And while yes, he was able to execute against my uh, Minnesota's defense, that's god awful. Against a, a competent that's, defense, that's what he's going to look like. I've been talking about this with a few people. I think Minnesota might be the worst like ten plus ten win team I've, I've seen in a long time. It's it's up there for sure. Like and, that's it's incredible. Yeah, and look, if you want to sit there and franchise tag him even, yeah. and just sit there and try to get him a weapon or two, just to see, okay, what can we really maximize out of him here? I'll listen to that one. If you want to get two or three years at 35, I'd listen. Yeah. But four or five years at 35 plus million, that will cripple this franchise and set it back and will honestly hurt Brian Dayball in ways that aren't his fault. And yes. I know they're saying all the right things in the media. Daniel Jones is not, in my opinion, a guy that you're going to look at and be like, that's a great decision paying okay. him 35 million. I mean, and I, with, and I fully understand why you would believe that. And Saquon? Listen, if you're willing to take a pay cut to to run here, sure. He, he even said it himself in the uh, pre- post-game press conference that he knows that it's a business and he knows his injuries are going to play a factor in the contract negotiations. So we'll only have to wait and see for Mr. Barkley. Mr. Barkley. Moving on over to Sunday's action where we had the Bengals versus Buffalo Bills and what arguably was the most anticipated matchup in the divisional round. Didn't really live up to the hype. No, opinion. not at all. Uh, I just want to make sure you and Brennan both had the Bills win in the Super Bowl, correct? Before the season. We did. So now all of our Super Bowl preseason predictions are eliminated. Yep. The Buffalo Bills did fall to the Cincinnati Bengals 27-10 to 10 at home. Joe Burrow, 23-36, 242, two touchdowns. Mixon added 105 on the ground with a touchdown. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, 25-42, 265 with an interception. He did add a touchdown on the ground, but was ultimately their leading rusher, which I've said we all year We talked about long. it all year. <laughs> all year. All year. I've been saying this. They needed to get a running back. Honestly, hey, Saquon, may not have to move that far if you're switching teams, man, because yep. Buffalo, I think, would be very interested in your services. Undoubtedly. Now, here's the question that I'm going to pose my fellow co-host and producer and his McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> Josh Allen, I think firmly, I think me and you both agree on this, is the third best quarterback in the league behind Burrow and Mahomes. Yeah. Now, yes. Right. I'm not. Before this game, I might not have said that. But I think this game, and I, I would have debated it. I would have debated it a lot. Don't worry. Okay. 
But I think this game really solidified. Okay, but Joe as Burrow. of this current moment, we agree. Yes. You're sitting there, and you're looking across the AFC. Sean McDermott and Josh Allen approached. This is year five of them. Yep. And they made one conference championship game a couple of years ago, and since then just haven't been able to live up to quite that yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a stat that I'm not sure you're aware of. Every Super Bowl head coach and quarterback that have won a Super Bowl together have won a Super Bowl within their first five years of working together. Interesting. Did you know that? No. Yeah, every every single one. We just hit year five with them, meaning they're going into next year and it'll be year six. You look at the AFC, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Zach Taylor, who had a hell of a coaching performance yep. yesterday, and Joe Burrow. We saw what happened with uh, Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, and yep. Staley somehow kept his job. Doug Peterson in one year, what he did for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. What, unfortunately, John Harbaugh and Lamar haven't been able to click yet. Yeah. If you're sitting there in your Buffalo, I know you're you're not going to. But if I'm sitting there and I want to make the most out of Josh Allen, who I've clearly invested a lot in, how long before you start kind of looking for greener pastures? Because I, listen, Doug McDermott, is a hell of a football coach. Yep. I can't argue that. But and every coach has their guy. I I don't know if he's the guy to elevate this guy for Buffalo. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Like, how long, though? <laughs> but how long are you sitting there, if you're the Bills, and riding with McDermott? I'm going to say two more years. Two more. And then if none of that, you're getting somebody else. Yep. Because yeah. at that point, hopefully Josh Allen's locked down. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he's so he's locked down for Super Bowl. He'll be locked down at that point. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So, Josh Allen will be locked down. And, because what? This is, what, when was, when the, when are his contracts? Gonna no, start? so he signed an extension. That's right. So, I mean, I'll look up his exact ones, but this is year five for him. He's signed at least for the next three years off okay. the top of my okay. head. Okay, so... Yeah, I think two years. And then if it's three more years, then... Yeah, he signed all the way technically until age 32. At age 33, he'll be a uh, free agent. He's 27 right now. Oh. So, he, yeah, you got time. years. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. yeah, he's locked in. Two more. Okay. Two more because that gives you the opportunity to bring in a new coach... You have Josh Allen for three more years after that, mm-hmm. and that's your chance. Those now, three years. It, well, now it's two years in a row that Cincy and Kansas City are clearly a tier above this team. Yeah, you're about to lose probably Jordan Poyer and maybe Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, Devin Singletary as well. But I mean, you know, that's just what's the difference, right? You didn't have Von Miller. All fairness and to them, but Von Miller is not. I don't know. By himself is not changing the trajectory. He's not 17 points worth. No. So, I just you got to sit there, right? Because Zach Taylor came out with a game plan. He said, you know what? It's going to be snowy. We're not sure if it's the wind, but if it's not windy, we're going to do short check down passes that are able to pick up the chains and and move the football. They did just that. Meanwhile, McDermott's plan and really the whole Ken Dorsey this entire season, let Josh Allen be Superman, throw the ball deep, and... After that, we'll figure some other stuff out on the fly. Let Josh be Superman, basically. That's their offensive strategy. Yeah. 
you got to sit there. And, and it came back with Josh Allen through a good amount of touchdowns. But also led the league in turnovers. And turnovers. And the further he gets away from Brian Dable, the more he's looking like the first couple years Josh Allen. Yep. I'm not saying he's going to turn back into that. No. But with the fact that he doesn't have, clearly Dorsey didn't really change much from the schematic things. And again, maybe they're saying that this is what Josh is. In which case, I would argue, yeah, he doesn't belong in the top two quarterback conversation. No. But just something to keep your eye on. No. I, Buffalo next year. I agree. Uh, it's starting to become kind of a little, like, you know, you're kind of just like, not a question yet. Like, you're kind of just like tilting, tilting, telling your head, like, I'm. You're looking at it, I'm though. looking at this differently. You're looking at it. Because, year. I mean, and they the were year after that. They were the preseason favorite to win it all. Yeah. And you don't even make the conference championship game. No. And then you go and they blew out the Rams in week one and they were all like, oh my God. Oh my crazy. God. Yeah. But then the Rams ended up sucking. Yeah. And so how, how great of a win was that? Exactly. So it's, it's a good question to ask. Fair enough. Anything else before we get into the inevitable? Nope. I'm ready. All right, I'll do a quick recap, but I'll let you tee off very shortly. Here. Go ahead, because I have a lot to say. All right, the final game of the NFC Divisional Playoffs, or the NFL Divisional Playoffs, concluded in Santa Clara, where the San Francisco 49ers took on the Dallas Cowboys, and the home team prevailed. 19-12, to San Francisco moves on. Brock Purdy, 19-29, 214 yards. Christian McCaffrey added a touchdown on the ground. Really wasn't even the greatest offensive performance today from the 49ers, unless your name is George Kittle who had five catches for 95 yards, including one off his face that he somehow was able to control. Um, Dak Prescott, on the other hand, 23 of 37, 206 yards, a touchdown, and two very crucial interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott leading rusher um, after Tony Pollard had to leave the game early with a, I believe it was a broken fibula at the end. He broke his, yeah. Uh, C.D. Lamb showed every bit. Three-month recovery. Showed every bit of why he's a future, I mean, well, I'd say current number one wide receiver. 10 catches, 117 yards on the day. Dalton Schultz also added a touchdown early. <clears throat> but the Cowboys, again, are unable to get out of the divisional round. They currently, in the 27, 28 years, now yep. that they have not reached the conference championship, they have the worst win percentage in the postseason of any NFL team. Yep. Andrew, I'm not going to say anything else. Take as much time as you need. Get all the thoughts off. Uh, it's time to move on from Dak. It is time to move on from Zeke. And honestly, outside of the offensive line, CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard, on the offensive side, everybody else can go. Okay. So no Dalton Schultz. You're letting him walk. I don't... Well, Dalton Schultz, he's young, and he's had really good seasons, but I mean... No, he's not. He's not CD. He's not Tony, and he's not Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, who are not going to be here much longer anyway. I would say I don't know how much you know runway Tyron Smith has at this point. Yeah. Nonetheless, this something needs to change. I'm sorry, Dak Prescott. He's not the guy we thought he was. He's not. He's not the guy. Are you conceding he's no longer should be considered a top ten quarterback? He should not. Not after this year. Okay. Well. um, that would kind of, I'll be up just piggyback off of that. Your defense, <laughs> your defense just held an electric offense to nineteen points. To nineteen points on the road, you, you couldn't score more than fucking 12. 12. 12 points. That, you have a kicker. Yep, 
who cannot make an extra point. He made two field goals yesterday. Though. I don't give a damn. <laughs> he missed four extra points last week. What was the what? What difference would that have made? Those it doesn't make points. a difference. But everything is just—it's not working. And you know what? People want to hire Kellen Moore. Take him, please. Please take him. The best thing that could happen for the Dallas Cowboys this year is they fire Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. They get rid of Dak. They get rid of Zeke. You just want a clean ship, clean house. Somehow retain Dan Quinn, and it might have to be at head coach, it but would, that's it would okay. It would have to be. That's okay. Okay. I trust Dan Quinn to go and find an offensive coordinator who knows what the hell he's looking for. And if you can offload Dak and Zeke somehow, trade them away, get those contracts off your books, use that damn money and go get yourself a Lamar Jackson. Go use that money, and I don't honestly, I don't care who you, who you spend it on. Well, let me just let me just halt your stuff right there. I so know. I was just getting a little excited. Uh, you you were getting a little excited, but I just wanted for Dallas because there's some people that are out there like, yeah, let's trade Dak for you know Lamar. Da, da, da. No. So for people that don't understand cap in the NFL. Um, Dak Prescott would incur such a high dead cap hit if he were traded that the Cowboys would essentially be stuck with Cooper Rush and would have to sell off some of their players just for trading Dak. Dak's staying there for the foreseeable future. His dead cap hit as of this current moment, I'm not sure if this is the trade, but if he were cut, is $89 million if he's cut. Now, could he potentially out after 2024? Sure, it, it goes down significantly after that. But Dak Prescott, a lot like Kirk Cousins, they're 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 stuck in that position for a while. Yep. So it's going to be another year of this. No, I know, and I know Dak's coming back, but I think and this is it. I think this is your last year coming up to really, if if you think Dak is the guy, Jerry, this is the year for him to prove it. I, I mean, I thought it was this year, but if he has to stay, it's next year. Yeah, and. Get him whatever the hell he wants, however the hell you need to do it. Mm-hmm. If he says I need something, get it to him. That way, if he still sucks ass, yeah, there's no excuse. We talked about a little bit before the pod that Zeke was potentially looking at taking a pay cut. That's the only way he's staying That's in Dallas. That's the only way he's staying in Dallas. He needs to take a pay cut if he wants to stay. He currently um, is a very affordable dead cap hit at $11.86 million. Um, I just want to ask this because... This was going through my mind after the last play of the day yesterday. How would you feel if Ezekiel Elliott's last play as a Dallas Cowboy was at center? <laughs> I will say this, man. Comparing, <laughs> <Not> just, <laughs> it, just, comparing it to the Colts play that went so terribly wrong, at least we got the, we got the playoff. Yeah. And we completed a pass. Yep. Colts play, that ball was snapped and they were... But... But that's, but, that, but that's the category that play was in. That's the category it's in. Yeah. I understand you need to try something different, whatever. we. All that tells me you running that play, all that tells me is we're, we're, we gave up. Yeah. This is it. I And you know what the sad part is? You is can it. run any other play yeah. to get laterals off. Yeah. Any. I think the really sad part is, is McCarthy's probably going to keep his job. No, he is. And, and it's the dumbest thing in the world. And... Dak will probably be there. Zeke more than likely will work out a pay cut situation to where he kind of... If he wants to stay in Dallas, I'm sure Jerry will happily pay him less. <laughs> yeah. 
to me, this is something where Dallas has got to get better on the interior part of their offensive line. Yep. Because that they while they played well yesterday, that's definitely a weakness for them. And in terms of wide receiving help, I, I would have really loved to see what James Washington would have turned into. Michael Gallup was a no-show yesterday. No. T.Y. Hilton caught one pass yesterday. Noah Brown caught two before he walked off the sidelines. C.D. Lamb cannot be your only singular uh, pass-catching option. And with Tony Pollard suffering that injury yesterday, they were severely lacking dynamic ability. They need a wide receiver next year that can take the top off the defense, that can complement C.D. Lamb badly. Yeah. They really missed Amari Cooper yesterday. Yeah. So. Getting rid of Amari Cooper, I think, was the biggest mistake of their offseason. Certainly up there. Huge. And it's upsetting because we're going to have a defense that comes back next year fully healthy. And if we, as banged up as we were in the secondary, they played very, very well yesterday. Right. Very well. Yeah. So I can't imagine how well they would have played had we been healthy. Mm -hmm. And we still probably would have lost the damn game. Because we couldn't score more yep. than twelve points. That's very true. Twelve points. I uh, think it's yeah, it's Ma- utterly ridiculous. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, dude. Uh, Micah Parsons was in Brock Purdy's face damn near every snap. Yep. Damn near every snap. Yeah, and even that was a couple times with going up against Trent Williams too. Yes, dude. Yeah. Did you see Micah <laughs> Parsons? Literally just. Oh, he hip-tossed somebody. Hip-tossed. It was, uh, oh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, it just made him look he like... hip-tossed a grown-ass offensive lineman. 300-pounder, yeah. Just hip-tossed him. Just said, all right, I've got one arm. I don't like the way you're holding me right now. Yink. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's... You have, for all the years that we have had an offense... Yeah. Dude, Tony Romo, I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> Tony Romo is winning a Super Bowl with his defense. You could argue with those offensive lines that Dak had. Yeah. Just saying. He, he could have won one with the offensive line that we had this year. Could have had maybe with that one yesterday. Who knows? Because he would have... I think Tony, for as much as haywire as he is, he was a certain. He was a tick better than Dak, I think, in my opinion. I th- I'm starting to think so, too, man. I'm, I'm with you. One last thing I'll say about Dak Prescott. Because you took offense to this in our group chat the other day. Dak Prescott is closer to Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill than he is Patrick Mahomes. He is. Joe Burrow, oh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Oh, yes, he is. Undoubtedly. So, Absolutely. So. But. <laughs> that's it. I, that You just can't say anything else other than that. You can. At least he won a playoff game. He did. Woo. But, woo. Yeah. Against. One of the worst Tom Brady teams that he's ever had. Yeah, and a Tom Brady team that looked like it quit on itself. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about long enough. Appreciate you hanging in there for no, that no, it's okay. And you know what, man? I'm. I've always prided on myself on hopefully not being always because I know sometimes it comes out, but not being the annoying cliche Cowboys fan. <laughs> It came out a little bit uh, last week, a little bit, dude. A little. Bit. What ha- What happens when you win a playoff game? I yeah, mean, you're you're happy, but you don't. I let me put you this way. I don't know if me, Brendan, or anybody else that we would have 
been in that group text with would have been going back from text from a week ago being like, you were wrong, you were wrong. Well, you were technically you, wrong. I was I was not wrong. Brendan was. I was no, not. No, wrong. not you, but yeah. yeah. Again, don't know if anybody else would do that, but again, you're that's who you are, and I, I appreciate you for most it. most people would. I, okay. We'll see. Because I, I can't remember that happening, honestly. But I will say this. As a Cowboys fan... And as annoyed as Cowboys fans get with Cowboys haters, I get it. Yeah. We cannot say a damn thing. We, like, there is literally nothing we can say to defend ourselves. It has mm -hmm. been 28 years. I'm 25 years old. I have been on this earth for 25 damn years. I was born one year after our last Super Bowl, or two, after our last Super Bowl. Two. Yep. And I have never seen us get past the divisional round. Never in my life seen us get past. I've seen a Mavs championship. I've seen a Dallas Stars championship. I've seen the Rangers go to the World Series twice. I've seen the Mavericks go to the finals another time and the Stars go to the finals. But I've never seen the Dallas Cowboys get past the divisional round. I've seen Texas Tech <laughs> basketball go to a national championship. You have, yeah. But the Cowboys cannot get past the divisional round. Yeah. It's bullshit. And it's painful as a fan. You've seen a Super Bowl. I have. We've been to three in my lifetime. Which is insane. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Congratulations. Thanks, man. He's never seen one, but <laughs> he's seen some playoff success. They were in the conference championship not too long exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah. At least they made it that far. And that's what me and my friends were talking about. If we make a conference championship, I'm happy. The bar's that low. I don't give I don't give a damn if we are 16 and 0 or 17 and 0 at this point and we go to a conference championship and we lose, I do not give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> At least we got past the damn divisional round. Yeah. It's, listen, I appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty. And you know what? You got it all out. And I think you're going to feel better that you got it all out. And you're, you know what? Come this time next year, don't worry. You'll feel a lot better. Because it's always for the Cowboys, our year. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh Gino sucks ass <laughs> next year, bro. Oh, I had to get that. You know why I did that? I was watching the game with my mom and my stepdad, who are Cowboys fans, for those who don't know. And I was actually sitting there just trying to enjoy the game with them. Just trying mm -hmm. to be nice, just like, hey, watch the My parents were talking. Talking crap to me the entire because normally like when the Seahawks are losing, my mom will send me the James Draws text. What happened? Yeah. She'll send me those. Yeah, and she was talking yesterday. Oh, trust me, I was. It was it was a See, fun time in our house. That's the worst thing. Is be humble, man. We haven't won in twenty eight years. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. And this isn't directly. I know. I know. I was, just, mom I was like, you basically just told my mom to shut up. I love you, mom, by the way. And Andrew does too. Andrew loves but you too. But every fan who's just out there and just talks 
all this smack. I don't give a shit about our five Super Bowls from the 90s and the 70s, and neither does anybody else. Get over it. It was decades ago. It has been decades. It's been over 50 years, half a century since two of those. So shut up. It's over. When we come back this day in sports to wrap up this podcast. Go. (laughs) You want me to go? Yeah. On this day. On this day. Back in 1994. NFC Championship game, Texas Stadium in Irving. Dallas Cowboys beat the San Francisco 49ers 38 to 21. I hate my life. (laughs) Go ahead, man. I hate this stupid, stupid football team. Go ahead. Oh, my God. I was waiting for that. I'm so mad. You want me to do with the more positive one? No. <laughs> let me just let me be pissed, man. Doesn't let me be mad. Cause this is so stupid. Naturally, like right, like this had to happen now. This had to happen now. Oh my god. That's hilarious, oh, the timing of that. Shitting me. <laughs> On this day in 1998, actually, no, I like this one. On this day in 2000, yeah, Dallas's Don Nelson becomes the sixth coach in NBA history to win 900 games when the Mavericks defeat the Pistons 99-91 to at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Speaking on the theme of Dallas history, on this day in 1953, the NFL Dallas Texans become the Baltimore Colts, now Indianapolis Colts. Oh, so Dallas has some history with the Indianapolis Colts. Who knew? Yeah. But um, in 2022, the last time the uh, – no, that was divisional round, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, this was the game that you, me, yep. and Brendan were watching. Yep. Yep. Gabe Davis scores an NFL playoff record, four touchdowns. And the Bills' epic 42-36 OT loss to Kansas City, which basically ultimately led to the change of the playoff rule. Yep. It's known as the commonly known as the Josh Allen rule. Yep. Every team gets the ball now in overtime. Just fun in the playoffs. Yeah. Andrew, I'll let you take us out of here. I've had my fun today. As you should. You take I it away. deserved it. From me, dumbass over here, I'm with stupid... Cowboys fan uh, who wishes he could go back to the day he was born and be born in any other damn city than Dallas just so I wouldn't have to root for the Cowboys. Uh, Me and Brendan both agree. You don't have to technically root for the team, the city that you were born in. Well, by that's the way. just how I think. No, and that's I respect it. So Okay. Just for the record. So no, I know. I know. And it's too late now. Like, obviously, it's too late. I think you should be allowed... One change in your lifetime. No, you know why? Because if I switch 
and then the Cowboys start winning, I cannot go back. That's true. You're at that point, you're invested. Yeah. I, I can't go back. Yeah. So, as long as you're supporting team through thick and thin, this is the thick right now. Yep. Well, anyways, uh, from Colin Brown and Stupid, uh, thank you for listening to Good Time Sports. Follow us on all social media at Good Time Sports. Um, we have fun here making fun of my sadness. And um, I guess that's it, man. Screw the Cowboys. We'll see you next week.